Welcome back to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the, the Guardians uh, fall late in a, an exhibition uh, spring training game on Wednesday at Goodyear Ballpark. They lose to the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, give up uh, five runs in the eighth and ninth inning combined, and uh, lose the game eight to six after uh, rallying to, to uh, take a lead late. But uh, really, uh, more more concerned about what went on in the early part of the game with uh, Joey Cantillo uh, starting on the mound, uh, went two innings, gave up a run, looked pretty solid, uh, gave him a good outing there. Uh, so nice to see uh, a guy we haven't really seen a lot of in, in Joey Cantillo go out there and and show that he can get big league hitters up. Yeah, Cantillo is, uh, you know, one of the guys they uh, acquired from uh, San Diego in the uh, Mike Clevenger deal a while ago. Um, and just a uh, really uh, a solid, polished left-hander, Joe, uh, really has a serious intent on the mound and he looked good. He, uh, he can, he, you know, he's got some good velo. He struck out, he only struck out one guy, uh, but he's, you know, his, his control, his problem has always been control. Uh, and you know, he, you know, he threw two wild pitches, uh, yesterday, but still he looked, uh, he looked locked in and he is, he's really impressed, uh, uh, the new manager, uh, Steven Vogt. Yeah. And, and, and that's really what, uh, we need to see from Cantillo is to take that next step forward and make himself uh, an option uh, when it comes to uh, being sort of that depth and that next guy ready at the, at the triple a level this year, last year, uh, pretty decent year uh, at, at triple a, but you know, didn't really, uh, you know, force his way into the, the conversation. Uh, the timing I don't think was right for, for him. Still a young guy, still uh you know, he was drafted out of high school, so it takes a little while for a, a left-hander drafted out of high school to develop, and and that's certainly been the case with um, with Cantillo being the, the sort of the last guy in that group, like you mentioned from the the Mike uh, Mike Clevenger trade. Pretty much everybody else who hadn't already made their their major league debut yet with uh, with Cleveland, uh, uh, who came over in that trade, has already done so. He's sort of the last man standing out of that. Uh, that group. And uh, you would expect that, you know, the, the timing is that he comes through at some point and, and, and gets a chance to, uh, you know, show what he can do at the major league level this year. But, uh, you know, this, this is a, a good first step getting him out there on the mound and, and uh, in a big league game and, and getting through a couple of innings there. Uh, now he can just focus on getting stretched out and getting built up. And, uh, you know, if he opens the season at triple a, he'll be an option at some point uh, later on in the year. Uh, the other, uh, you know, nice uh, development, they, they continue to score runs. They, they put runs on the board. Uh, Jose Ramirez, an RBI double uh, in the first inning. Gabriel Arias, an RBI single in the first inning. Uh, they, they, they scored two runs early. And, you know, Jose Ramirez looked like looks like he's, he's where Jose Ramirez needs to be. Uh, and it was nice to see Gabriel Arias uh, get a run on the board as well. Arias has swung the bat uh, pretty well, Joe, for this, you know, for the early part of spring training. Uh, this is a guy that spent a month in Goodyear after the season, making sure that a uh, fractured right hand was okay. Then he went to Puerto Rico and played winter ball there. 
So he came to camp ready, uh, ready to swing, swing the bat and ready to compete for that shortstop's job. You know, he's not in the lineup today. Brian Rocchio will get to start at shortstop and, uh, that's a, a competition to keep your eye on. Yeah, for sure that, uh, both, both Rocchio and, uh, Arias have, uh, you know, at least they're aware that the competition is on and it's also, uh, you know, interesting to just watch how they've, they've been going about it. Uh, the other guy sort of in that mix and, and maybe maybe not at shortstop, but uh, another guy that's competing is uh, Tyler Freeman. And we saw him get a start in center field and it didn't take long. I think only two batters before uh, the ball found him out there. Uh, he, he made a nice running catch uh, I, I, in, early in the game uh, in the gap and in, in left and right center field uh, going back on a ball. So uh, Tyler Freeman showing his ver- versatility. I think he's in the lineup today uh, on the infield. Yeah, uh, you know, he is trying to win that utility job. I think there's, you know, kind of the wraps are off there. I don't think he's really, they don't look at him as a full-time shortstop, but they look at him as a guy that can move around at several different positions because they want to see his bat, Joe. I think that's what his calling card is. Uh, He's starting at third base today. It's his second start at third. He started at short, and uh, like you said, he started in center field. Uh, yesterday, uh, you know, the outfield is kind of foreign territory for him. He's always been an infielder. He was drafted as an infielder, so that's an adjustment for him. Yeah, and and we'll we'll see it as as he continues to uh, you know get more at bats and more more playing time this year. But uh, you know, really, it's interesting. They want to see uh, along with they know that he can put the bat on the ball. They want to see that power continue to develop. Uh, as well, and and uh, you know, giving him a, a chance to get out there, get a few more at bats under his belt, will will hopefully uh, give them a better idea of you know where where he's driving the ball, where he is, uh, you know, with with you know producing runs, being able to to, to do more in the run production game. Uh, that would that will be important for him as as he progresses this year, as well. Uh, the uh, the bullpen performed pretty well. We'll, we'll get to the guys that did well, but. Uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, you know not so outstanding performances yesterday uh, came from Scott Barlow, one of the newcomers. Uh, this is the day, on the day that uh, it was announced that Trevor Steffen is going to be uh, sidelined for three weeks, no throw with uh, uh, bone bruising in his elbow. Uh, so he's probably going to be delayed coming out of camp this year. Uh, puts a little more emphasis and a little more importance on uh, Scott Barlow, especially in the early part of the season. Uh, they acquired Barlow for, for Angel De Los Santos uh, in a trade with the Padres in the offseason. Barlow expected to come in and, and be one of those late-inning setup guys, uh, veteran guy from Kansas City all those years that, uh, that we saw him there. But, uh, you know, he came out yesterday and, and had a, a bit of a rough outing, one inning, uh, gave up some runs, uh, gave up, I believe, five hits, including a home run, uh, but but was throwing mostly breaking pitches. And, and I don't know if that's part of a – you know, the way a veteran goes about his spring training, maybe he says, hey, I'm going out here and today I'm working on the slider or I'm working on the curveball and I'm I'm just going to throw that. And, you know, even uh, even big league hitters, uh, if they know what's coming, they they, they become uh, that much better of a hitter in the box in spring training. Uh, what did you take away from Barlow's outing yesterday? And uh, should we be concerned about anything after uh, he, he struggled in his one inning of work? I don't think we should be concerned, Joe. That was his second outing of the spring. Uh, he's a veteran guy. He knows how to get ready. 
Now, if this continues, yeah, there might be a red flag. But uh, right now, he looked like a kind of a guy that just, you know, knows what he's doing, knows what he, he wants to accomplish. He was throwing some sliders that hung over the plate, and they got they got hit. Uh, you know, he is a, he's a kind of a, a reliever that, you know, he's not one, he doesn't, he's not going to light up the radar gun. He goes about, you know, his job in the late innings a little differently when he throws the slider and his off speed pitches. So, um, you know, this is a guy that I think we've got to give him some time. He, uh, he's a veteran, so he gets the benefit of the doubt for a while. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to ask you was, does the, does the velo concern you at all? Not just, you know, from uh, right now where he is in terms of what he's throwing and, and how hard he's throwing. But, you know, as 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 sort of his approach later on in the season, he, he, you're going to be out there in the late innings with guys like Sam Hentges, who, who can get it up there in the, the mid to upper 90s. And and obviously Emmanuel Classe, who's, you know, mid to upper 90s when he's going well. Uh, you know, he doesn't necessarily fit that profile right now uh is 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 that a, an advantage for him or is that something to be uh concerned about when when he's out on the mound well he's you know he's he's pitched for a while in the big leagues he's had success you know he saved over 50 games for um for the royals so whatever he's doing is working and you know with uh you know he's kind of made, perhaps he gives uh the offense i mean the uh, bullpen a change of pace you know he's not kind of coming in there throwing 99 miles an hour he, uh, you know, he, he throws a little, you know, uh, he's, his, his velo isn't, you know, is down from that. So, um, you know, it's a change of pace, you know, the hitters can't, you know, kind of, you know, really home in on that, uh, fastball. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, I think that's probably, you know, what, what he does. And, uh, I think we just got they, the, the guardians just have to give him time to, uh, you know, get into the flow of camp. And what he'll have probably, I would imagine, seven, eight, nine more, you know, maybe at least five, seven more appearances. So we'll see what what he looks like, uh, you know, in late March. Some of those other guys in the bullpen uh, uh, yesterday came out, uh, did throw scoreless innings and, and looked pretty good. A couple of names were we're used to seeing. Nick Sandlin uh, gave up a hit and struck, uh, had one strikeout in, in one inning. Uh, Sam Hentges, uh, had a walk, but, uh, a scoreless inning, uh, and, uh, Eli Morgan, uh, a strikeout in, in one scoreless inning and, uh, Emmanuel Classe did strike out two, uh, in, in one scoreless inning. He had a, a nice solid outing, came right in after Cantillo, uh, and, and held the Diamondbacks scoreless. So, uh, you know, at least th- those guys, guys that we know who are going to be in the bullpen at the opening, uh, I don't know. Opening day at the start of the season uh, are you know look pretty good in their uh, their single outing yesterday. Uh, it wasn't until later in the game uh, when when some of the uh, you know the depth guys the the invitees uh, and the, the guys who came over from uh, the minor league camp uh, you know sort of gave up the uh, uh, the runs there. Uh, Connor Gillespie and Juan Zapata in the eighth and ninth innings. Uh, Zapata gave up six hits, uh, four runs earned, uh, did strike out a batter, but, uh, that was, that was the, the ball game when, when he basically couldn't get, uh, couldn't get out of the ninth inning there. Uh, and, and the Diamondbacks scored four runs, but again, uh, these games don't count. They don't count for anything. They don't matter. Uh, but don't tell that to Angel Martinez who got on base three times. Uh, he had a couple of hits, looked pretty good. 
it was uh, it was hit an error in the uh, I believe in the ninth inning uh, where he threw the ball away that that sort of opened the door for some more runs though. Uh, so young shortstop uh, split time between Akron and uh, the uh, the Clippers in Columbus. So uh, you know just keep an eye on some of these young guys as they get into the games later. Uh, and, and it, uh, you know, they get a chance to, to sort of feel what the, what it's like out there on a, on a big league field. Uh, speaking of feeling what it's like out there on a big league field, uh, if you're, you're tuned into our guardian subtext, you already know, uh, we, we get you all of the inside information and, uh, all the changes, injuries, roster moves, updates. Uh, as soon as we find them out, we send them on to you directly to your phone. Don't have to mess with social media. Uh, it's uh, three ninety nine a month to subscribe. And if you go to cleveland.com slash subtext, you can log in and sign up there or send a text message to 216-208-4346. And uh, we'll get you the information on how to register for Guardian's subtext. Point Z, the, uh, um, the rotation right now, as, as it stands, you've got uh, Gavin Williams making his spring training debut uh, today in Tempe against the Angels. Uh, at uh, at Diablo Stadium, uh, what, what can we expect from Gavin Williams in his first outing of the spring? Yeah, Joe, I think you know, you probably go two innings. You know this. Uh, you know he will you know kind of start the uh, you know the the rotation uh, from last season. He'll start start it off with uh, today's start. Then uh, you know Carrasco will go Friday, but then Bieber is scheduled to go uh, Saturday. So, uh, you know, we'll, and I would imagine we'll see Logan Allen and, and, uh, Tanner Bybee next week sometime. And, uh, even perhaps, uh, Tristan McKenzie, who's due to throw a, uh, simulated game today. So, yeah, with Williams, you know, uh, this is really his first, uh, Cactus League game. He didn't, I don't think he pitched at all in, in spring training last year with the big league club, at least. So, uh, you know, he came up uh, last year along with Allen and, and Bybee and really kind of kept that rotation afloat. He's a big guy, hard thrower. Uh, so it's going to be exciting to see him pitch against a, an Angels lineup. Yeah, and that might have been a, a case of, hey, we don't want to bring uh, Gavin Williams up and, and let him pitch in spring training, uh, you know, in, in previous years. Because uh, if, if Tito or any of the guys get a get a look at him, they might want to keep him on the roster and uh uh, they, we've, we've seen that in the past. Eventually they needed him anyways, but, uh, um, he, uh, he was definitely, uh, targeted for, uh, triple a at, at this point last year. And, and, you know, on a, uh, he was, his, his ascent was, was pretty rapid, uh, through the minor league system, uh, as it stands. So, uh, Speaking of guys, uh, minor leaguers in camp, uh, we saw Chase DeLauder in the 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 uh, the lineup yesterday. Uh, or I'm sorry, he's in the starting lineup today in in left field. Uh, and that's a a little bit unusual for uh, for the Guardians to see a, a guy from the depth camp uh, up in the the starting lineup in uh, a, a big league uh, spring training game. Yeah, Joe. I mean. Uh... To me, I, I don't think I can't remember that happening. A guy coming over from minor league camp and uh, you know start you know being placed in the lineup, um, you know the starting lineup. You know, obviously, you know it, it happens a lot where in the late innings, you know guys come over from the uh, minor league camp and fill in for the veterans. 
but not to start. I can't re- I can't remember Francisco Lindor doing that. I can't remember that happening with uh, Jose Ramirez. You know, maybe it's uh, you know new manager, new philosophy. But uh, very interesting move, and uh, you know we saw Delater, you know, crush a ball to you know uh, uh, against the A's, um, you know, a couple games ago at, at Goodyear Ballpark, um, and I think just just you know you're you're getting an idea of what uh, Cleveland thinks of this guy, what the opportunity he's getting, and uh, you know I've I've heard from the front office that. You know, he has, doesn't have enough at bats. He doesn't. He hasn't played enough games to really be a factor um, in uh, this season in, on the big league club. But who knows, Joe? I mean, you know, there's a reason he's he's in that lineup today. Yeah, and and you know, if he goes to and opens the season in Columbus and and just sort of just starts hitting everything and 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 shows that that uh, that next step of development needs to be at the major league level, maybe they. Maybe they put him in the lineup somewhere uh, and try to find at bats for him at the big league level, but really the the place he's going to get the the most at bats and the most you know the, the the biggest chance to to sort of refine what he needs to is is at AAA this year I think and you know uh, he he probably start the season at AA and move up but yeah but I would still, think he'd start the year at AA Joe yeah definitely but, but still I you know he could be that guy that. You know, he could be next year's Bo Naylor, the guy that, uh, you know, we, we all know needs the the opportunity and, and just has to be given the chance. And, uh, you know, he's sitting at AAA, you know, just kicking the door down until uh, until he's given that chance. So, uh, yeah, he's 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 he looks pretty close. But again, there's there's little things that that he still needs to work on. And he's going to get every chance, I think, for the remainder of this spring training uh, to to do that. So. Uh, real interesting, but he was in center field. He uh, played a few innings the other day in center field. Uh, today he's in left. Uh, what's his, in, in terms of his versatility, he can play pretty much anywhere in the outfield, right? Yeah. This is a big guy, you know, six, four, about two, two thirty, two forty. Uh, you know, his college coach told me he's the best, uh, center fielder he's seen. Um, you know, so, uh, um, you know, this is a guy that can definitely, he's big enough, he's he's versatile, he's athletic enough to play center field, but he looks more like a corner guy to me. But, you know, I haven't, we, no one, I haven't seen him play that much. And, uh, you know, he can, he's fast, he's, he can run. So, you know, this is a guy that uh, I think they're just going to let him play and uh, kind of see where he ends up in the outfield. Cal Manzardo, meanwhile, uh, went in for Josh Naylor uh, yesterday. Uh, had a walk, uh, scored a run, uh, but uh, he's batting. Uh, not that we care about uh, spring training batting averages, but uh, he's hitting 750 as well, uh, just like uh, Delauder. Uh, so, you know, these are, are, are the two young bats that uh, everybody's talking about and everybody's looking for. And uh, Manzardo may be a little further along than, uh, uh, quite a bit further along than uh, than Delauder in terms of his timing uh, for his arrival, but. Uh, we could see them, uh, you know, the two of them at some point, if not this year, then definitely at, at some point next year uh, together in that Guardians clubhouse. Uh, all right. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, we saw the the lineup for today uh, is is out. Um, Estevan Florial in center, Tyler Freeman at third, Will Brennan DHing, uh, David Fry catching, Brian Rocchio at short, John Kenzie Noel at first. Uh, Chase DeLauder in left, Jonathan Rodriguez in right, Juan Brito at second base. Uh, as far as, you know, the left, right, and and how you uh, compose a lineup, uh, you know, with Pablo Sandoval, the lefty on the mound, 
Uh, how's that uh, going to work for um, for Stephen Vogt, and what's what's his sort of philosophy on putting together a lineup day to day? Well, this I guess this is spring training lineup, Joe. So you know this is pretty traditional. Florial, it goes left, right, left, right. Uh, Rocchio's a switch hitter, then right, uh, right, left, right switch. So you know that's that's a pretty balanced lineup, but. Um, you know, Vote was uh, talking about, um, you know, his, the, you know, they have so many left-handed hitters, uh, uh, you know, start uh, in the, uh, on the roster that, you know, his goal, he said, is to beat the starting pitcher, the opposing starting pitcher. And if he has to hit two, three, two or three or four left-handers in a row, to, if that gives him and the Guardians the best chance of beating the uh, opposing starter. That's what he's going to do. And then I guess he would switch it up uh, later in the game with pitch hitters. You know, it kind of reminds me, uh, Joe, of uh, Manny Acta when he took mm-hmm. over the club. There were times when he had, like, I, I believe it was seven or eight or nine left-handed hitters in the lineup. That's all they had to, for him were lefties. So, you know, I, I don't think we're going to see anything that extreme, but uh, it, it gives you a look at what, how a vote's mind works. Yeah, it's interesting to, to, to see how that goes. And, uh, uh, and, and he'll definitely have, uh, you know, help in terms of, you, you know, just the voices t- uh, talking to him about how he puts that lineup together. But uh, ultimately, when he hands the card in, uh, that's that's his signature on it. So we'll uh, we'll see uh, how Stephen Vogt likes to, you know, what his tendencies are. And I'm sure after the first couple of months, we'll we'll get a, a good picture of of what he likes to do when it comes to putting together a lineup. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll check back in with you again tomorrow. All right, Joe.